In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me all the way from across the pond, the ghost finder general himself, the most haunted Richard Felix. Good evening, how are you? Yeah, you know, it's not even, I, I get, not get, it's, the sun's out here, you know it's what I'm evening. saying? It's evening, listen, sunshine, it's the sunshine has gone. It's 8 o'clock in the evening here in the good old UK. And, uh, yeah, it's been a nice sunny day, but I'm afraid it's uh, it's evening. Uh, but, yes, it's, what is it, 3 o'clock there? Yeah, just about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, and is the sun shining? It is, and it's extremely hot. This will be, uh, we're in the middle of a heat wave. Oh, so. you lucky people. But I must be honest with you, we've probably had the best summer that we've had for years and years. If, if, it's, if it rained from now till Christmas, we could still say that we've had quite a good summer. Really? Yeah, yeah. Anything good to tell me? Anything exciting? Have you been anywhere um, haunted? Oh, lots of stuff going on. But that's... Uh, my mom went into the hospital, but... Uh, oh, dear. You know, well, she's 98. She turns 98 next week. Wow. But, um, but you know, the, haunt, the hospital is definitely haunted. Oh, I know. Listen, tell me. I don't, you've probably heard me say this before, but um, I mean, ghost walks and this sort of stuff that I do, I mean, I get involved with so many people. The number of um, nurses, doctors, uh, care workers that, that I have taken over the years on ghost walks and events that I've done, uh, and the number of them that, that tell me that they know when a patient's going to die because someone comes to collect them because there's someone standing at the foot of the bed or at the side of the bed. The patient is, is smiling or, um, you know, or occasionally occasionally fighting them off, uh, but, but because they didn't want that husband to come and fetch them. <laughs> but honestly, um, the number of nurses that, that, as I say, tell me that uh, they know when people are going to die. But the big one is that I've just realized um, that the most ghosts, for want of a better word, in hospitals are not patients. They're, they're nurses. They're dedicated really? staff. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know my theories about... The, and I know, you know I'm now talking about a spirit and soul of a dead person. I'm talking about uh, an entity, uh, an, an intelligence. Um, most, of the, most of the ghosts in hospitals are nurses, matrons, sisters, uh, doctors. 
dedicated people that have that have stayed, if you like, stayed behind and not moved on because of their vocation in life. Think about it. It's a it's a fact. Because you see, most people die in hospital. Die probably. Well, how can I put this in a in a nice way? Not 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 under, under terrible traumatic conditions such as murder, suicides, accidents, battles, which again I believe keeps keep spirits behind. Um, so people die and go to wherever to wherever we go in hospitals normally or nursing homes. But it's the it's the staff that stay behind, the dedicated ones. Really? You've, well, that's only I say. Really, you say really. I mean, remember that. Well, I'm just kind of thinking. Uh, you know, why? Well, I don't know. It's it's, it's exactly the, the same as the landlord, the landlord of the pub that that was the landlord for 45 years or however long it was his pub. He served the best beer around in the in the in the county or whatever it happened to be, and they stay behind. Um, the guy with the car, the haunted car that you know spent all of his life. Um, Mm, having, having coats of paint on the car and spending all the time in his garage, you know, and he dies, and the, the wife says, get that damn car on eBay, because, you know, he thought more of the car than he did of us, of the family. Two weeks after, the new the new owner opens the garage door, and guess what? There's someone sitting in the driver's seat. The old owner of the car. Huh. <laughs> no, it's a fact. Uh, well, I can't say a fact. There ain't no proof of any of it, is there, Rob? But uh, that's one of my... One of the many theories of Richard Felix that, uh, you know, dedicated people, people that love houses, cars, uh, have loved ones, you know, stay behind because they've chosen to. And um, hospitals are one of them. I, I know, but it, it's so weird. It's just like, why would you stay with a car? Because you loved it more than anything else. Just like a factory worker spent 45 years at the same machine, tended it, polished it, first in in the morning, thrown out at night, didn't marry. Uh, two weeks after George's funeral, his workmate, Sim, back at the machine. Yeah, that makes He loved sense. it. It was his vocation in life and in death, and he's chosen to stay. That's a possibility. I don't know. It's a possibility. That's all I'm saying. I'm yeah, just trying. Yeah. You know me, Ron. I, I, I'm, not saying anything. I'm not saying anything about any facts at all. I'm just saying think about it because it's a possibility as to why some ghosts haunt, some ghosts stay around for, for reasons. You know, in other words, rather than there being, oh, there's a ghost in there, you know, I, I'm just trying to find out why there's a ghost in there. Because they should go. Like, like, like all good souls and spirits should go to wherever they go to. Hmm. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, you just think about this thing, but anyways, whatever. Um... <laughs> I love your way. I love the way you sometimes dismiss my comments. Whatever, whatever. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's just I don't know. Of course you don't. Neither do we. We will do one day. That's true, won't we? Will you come back and tell us? You know what's funny is um, no one's been able to do that, have they? That we really know. Well, again, I mean, of you those, know, no proof of those who really have. I mean, we had, uh, you know, I mean, people like Houdini, mm. uh, you know, he's Sir certainly... Sir Conan Doyle. Yeah. Sir Oliver Lodge. So many. Uh, yeah, or even, famous. you know, even Hans Holzer now. I mean, I you, know. you think he would if anybody could, but... Yeah. But uh, not just the, not just come back to his to his daughter, because she, she obviously says 
that he had that he had but you know come back in a way that that only Hans Holzer could do to prove to the world that everything that he's been saying for all those years was true in fact and as far as I know you know correct me if I'm wrong he hasn't done it no you know appear appear on TV or I don't know Come so everybody can see him so do bizarre. it, Hans. Hans, if you're listening, do it. Yeah, <laughs> do it right, live yeah. on Ghost Chronicles. Oh, sorry, go. I say dead on Dreadlock. We'll, we'll give it top billing, we promise. <laughs> hey, you uh, heard it first on Ghost Chronicle. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. We we actually, uh, there's so many things. I mean, you think about the Egyptians who were really, really deep into the afterlife and everything else. And I mean, we you don't see too many... Barrels running around town, you know what I mean? No, no, I, no, you do, you don't. And again, um, is it? Oh, here we go. Uh, get me off this subject. You know, uh, how haunted are the um, pyramids? How how haunted is is, according is, is the Valley of the Kings? According to Derek Carr, I mean, he did well, how many shows there? And, and he a few, yeah. And he definitely, yeah. you know, felt something there, and it was something there, according to him. I mean. Yeah. In fact, yeah, absolutely. In fact, the new guy, uh, not the new guy, but there's a new show out uh, from the head of the uh, Egyptian antiquity. What's his name? I can never get, remember it. No, I can't, but I know who you mean. But yeah, I mean, he's uh, synonymous with uh, e- Egyptian antiquity. He's got his own show now about, uh, you know, money, uh, mummy hunting. Uh, yeah, show me the mummy. I think that's one of the... <laughs> but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, are, you know, do they do they have ghosts in pyramids and um, well, they're burial places. So why should they? Why should they? You know, uh, are the palaces and the homes of the of the pharaohs? Um, are they haunted, um, or is it back to my theory of it being mainly an English speaking people's thing? Um, you know, I, I know that they all believe in spirits and souls and the afterlife, but it's not quite the same as ghosts. Is it, Ronald? No, it isn't. <laughs> but do we know what ghosts are? Do we know what ghosts are? You know that my book tells you what ghosts are. Not really. I mean, it, well, in Europe, well, I don't know. In my because opinion. I, I mean, uh, uh, there's even talk of it as ghosts as dimensional beings rather than... Yeah. Uh, I, I find it absolutely earth-stopping that in the 21st century that we are still r- referring to to things that we don't understand um in medieval terms in in you know as as, as Steve Parsons said on the show a couple of years ago or last year when he was on we're still in the stone age as regards paranormal investigation and it's so true we we really haven't moved on um we still refer to that you know use that word ghost which, as I've said before, is, means nothing more than terror uh, to describe things that we still don't understand that are going on on this planet, and we call them ghosts, and we're frightened of them. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But uh, that's because there doesn't seem to be much paranormal research going on, apart from the guys out there, you know, your guys and my guys and all the folks that we have on the show and people that we talk to. Um Amateur paranormal investigators, if you like. Right. Because there's no money for paranormal investigation. 
Because as far as science is concerned, there ain't no such thing as ghosts. I mean, you would think that uh, there would be money now with all these new gadgets that they're building up and they're selling mm-hmm. for insane money. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. they, you think they they would uh, sponsor a show anyways. I, I am really surprised, because, I mean, people are, you know, and, and good luck to them, people are making you know, good money out of um, gadgets um, for, for, for paranormal investigators. Um, people are making good money out of TV shows <laughs> um, about ghosts. Um, it's a shame that someone doesn't um, just think a little about it and, and, as you've just said, put a little back. Uh, and sponsor something, so, some, some one, one particular subject, if you like, of, of um, paranormal research. Um, because at the end of the day, Ron, the, the, meaning of, the meaning of life, the meaning of death, or whatever we want to know, is, is out there um, in, in the paranormal, or whatever we want to call it. Because it means that, that there is something that goes on after we die. You know it, I know it. Maureen knows it. Lots of other people. Most of the people listening to this show know it. But um, everybody wants just that little tiny bit of proof. And yet there isn't any. None at all. Can we prove it? You know, all the things that have happened to you um, on all the paranormal investigations that you've done over the years, yep. all the stuff that's happened to me, um, all of the stuff on the TV shows, um, things that have happened to me on walks, talks, tours, trips in haunted places. I can't prove any of it. You know, and then again, you go right to the, the meat of it is what constitutes proof. Oh, yeah, tell me. That's, well, I mean, the silly part about it is that um, there, there, is, there is proof that we don't sail off the edge of the earth anymore. But but I haven't personally seen that proof. I, I, I haven't tried it. I haven't kept sailing and waited to go over the edge or, or, or gone all the way around and come back. But I, I believe it. People have told me that, that it's true that they don't go over the edge, that we, you know, in six months' time you go all the way around the earth and come back again. But I haven't. It's not been proved to me, but I believe it. But you tell someone that they saw their dead grandma last night and they, they don't believe it. I well, I don't know. Amazing. I I, uh, I don't know. Whatever. But there is proof of, of you know, if, if I wanted There's to prove... There's personal that, proof, I believe, more than scientific proof. I think that's the yes. difference. Yes, there is. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you, 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 I'm sure after what you've done and things that have happened to you, uh, what I've done and things that have happened to me, I, I believe there is something else. Um, I believe there is life after death. I believe that the dead can return, and that, that it doesn't all finish <laughs> with, with your funeral. I, I think, I know personally that there's more. But all, most people out there, you know, will give me some proof first or I won't believe it. I mean, you, you even look at it, recently I just saw something on the, uh, the Romanovs. Uh, I mean, the whole yeah. family was murdered. Their graves were hidden and everything else. I mean, you, if you think anybody who was going to, Rome and of course the country, according to them, would be a mess because you know they were Tsarists and it was in communism and so forth. Mm. If anyone was going to roam the earth, it would be the Romanovs. I mean, yeah. I mean, now they found supposedly found their graves and and they've given them proper burial. So uh, that kind of takes out of the equation, except for um, 
Anastasia and Alexia, those two. They never re- found either of those bodies. Mm, that's right. That's right. And so, you know, surely someone somewhere w- would or should have, have experienced some something, some, you know, seen the ghost of. Um, when you think of the, the, ter- the terror, the traumas uh, that they went through before death, uh, the nature of their deaths, and the fact that they didn't have, as you Americans call, closure. You know, no no proper burial, no 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 being laid to rest, or, you know, all the ingredients there for, uh, as you quite rightly say, for Tsar Nicholas and, and the family to, to be haunting places. But I don't know. It, it, I, mean, I mean, what about the place that they were killed? Is, is that still preserved or has it been obliterated? Was it a cabin or, or a building where they were shot? Yeah, I'm not quite sure if that's totally obliterated. I mean, uh, uh, the latest thing I saw uh, that they originally they shot them all, and they threw their bodies down a mine shaft, and supposedly mm. they 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 retrieved them and went deep into the woods and uh, buried them in a grave and covered their grave with uh, railroad ties, and, and supposedly they found that grave, but there was only nine bodies in the in the grave too. Or really? Something. Yeah. But I mean, the building that they were killed in is yeah. is for me the place the place where where that should be haunted. Um, uh, either residually I mean, or wouldn't you want to go with your body? I mean, I think that would be. Uh, I don't know. I doubt it. I see. I don't believe. You see, you you, you obviously do quite a lot of graveyard tours over there. I. I we we don't do it over here, uh, but, and uh, very seldom anyway. We do a little bit in Edinburgh, but you see, I I I think that the last place to be haunted is a graveyard, because I want to know why. Any I know you say that, Richard, case. but there were so many tales of hauntings and graveyards. Even I, yes. not, I'm not fond of, of investigating, uh, but it's you know graveyards. But there are so many tales about oh there are haunted graveyards. There are indeed. But but it, it's because of the fear. It, it's like a mortuary. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a dead body. It's a shell of something that was once that is going to that is going to go away to to dust um, in in however many years time. Um, and and for me, you know, I don't understand why any self-respecting ghost, uh, spirit, soul, or anything else would want to wander around a dark, dark, drafty graveyard where where their body was. That, that is totally insignificant to them now would be um, the only time I think a graveyard should be haunted is if someone died in a graveyard, if they were buried alive in a graveyard, if they were murdered in a graveyard, or something like that. But that's me. That's that's what I think. Um, you you obviously think slightly different, and but you know I, I mean. Well, I'm not sure. You know, that's the thing. I'm really not sure, Richard. I'm really not sure. Uh, you know. I'm not. I mean, let's put it this way. A graveyard should be just as much as haunted as anywhere else on the earth. Uh, the, I think the, you know, discounting your theory that you're going to sit next to your looming machine all your life and even in the afterlife. Uh, I mean, for kind of, I mean, if, if you, somebody who really loves themselves would certainly stay with their body, I would think, anyways. But, uh, so, I mean, in the same... I don't know. I really don't. I, I, I don't. Can't. I don't. Of course I don't. But, but you see, I, I, I would have honestly thought that, that um, 
a, 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 what was once a body. You see, in other words, what I'm saying is, no, that people never lived in graveyards. So why should they haunt them? Do you see what I'm talking about? You, the, the people that live in houses and die in houses, people that live and die on battlefields, live and die in cars or whatever it happens to be, then I can understand them being haunted. But I just don't personally see why a, a graveyard should be. I mean, it's, I think it's a lot of it is stories that are made up over the years about, oh, don't go through the graveyard. I mean, it's a bit like um, caves that, where smugglers hid, hid things. Um, churches where contraband was stored. Then what you do is, what's the best way of keeping the, the villagers away from the, from, from the place where it's being stored, where the smugglers were? Make up a ghost story. A headless dog or a, something that rips you. That t- you know, what better way of keeping the children away from the woods or anything else than making up a sh- big shaggy black dog that haunts the woods and it rips children to beats and eats them and... Yeah? God, would you go near it? No, thank you. And I you think that's where some of the ghost stories have come from. You know what? Why don't we bring our guest on and maybe he can... Why don't we? Because he is a, a psychic medium and a spiritualist and a teacher... And I'm sure he can straighten this whole out mess for him. That's anyway, exactly without, what we want. So uh, without any further ado, why don't we introduce our guest, and he is none other than uh, UK's favorite medium, Paul Sis... I can never say it. Sis- Paul Sissel? That's Sissel? correct. You're close to it. Oh, so close. Welcome aboard. Thank you very much. How are you guys doing? Good. Very well, thank you. Nice so, to talk to you again. Long time no speak. Absolutely, Richard. Good to talk to you, too. Yeah. Are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, a bit of a sore throat, but I'm fine, thanks. Oh dear, oh dear. Never mind. Yeah. How's, Never. how's things going? How's things going in the spiritualist world? It's going really well, actually. Things are um, um, moving along nicely, so lots of, lots of things going on, so it's good. Good. Well, I mean, there's one thing we can say about it. It is not a dying business, is it? <laughs> well, yeah, excuse the problem. Oh, my yeah, God. Absolutely. I'm sorry, Ronald. I can't believe you said that. So, so, Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, obviously, as uh, you've just introduced me, Ron, you know, um, people know um, that I'm a psychic medium. Um, this is um, an ability that um, I've had since I was born. Uh, Mum always said that when she brought me home from the hospital, the house was quiet until um, she brought me home and then all the paranormal activity kicked off. So it's been something that's been around me all my life. You know, growing up, I've had a number of paranormal experiences um, throughout childhood. And so it's just a natural progression for me to um, evolve and develop my psychic skills and become eventually an adulthood working medium. That's about sort of sums things up. Tell me, I mean, um, was your mum, obviously, things obviously didn't happen in the house then before, before she brought you home. Um, was anybody in the family um, psychic, medium, mediumistic or, or anything like that? Well, when I was growing up, mum always played this down and she, um, right. you know, she was frightened of it anyway, but she always played it down and she always said, look, there was nothing there, nothing there, nothing there. Um, right. It was only later on in life when I was actually um, trained to be a medium that she actually confessed um, that she knew exactly what was going on in the house. Um, her mother um, was very clairvoyant and right. her grandmother was a practicing clairvoyant. 
and my and her two sisters were always going to spiritualist churches. Right. Yeah. So you weren't one of these children, like many uh, unfortunate psychics, like that were taken down to the psychiatrist <laughs> by mum no, and dad. No, no. Because no. um, they understood. No, they understood. My aunt. Yeah. Um, my aunties wanted. Uh, when I was about ten, they was about ten. They wanted to take me to a local spiritualist church. Um, then I started to develop me, and I said, no, 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 said, no, 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 he said, you know, not to encourage, not to encourage this, so if there's something that manifests in life later on in life, so be it, but she said, I'm going to force it, and I didn't know, you know, they were aware of it, and tell me, from obviously you said, Right from almost when you were born, you, to, to, to you, to you, to you, to to you, it was all, it was the norm. It was nothing frightening about what is your earliest recollection of, 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 I mean, how, of, I mean, how, to you, this is not, you, this is not paranormal, you, this is, you, this is normal, to me, I always say, it's like, it's like, you don't think about, you know, when you go to use an arm, Leg, mouth, you know, don't think about those things, just do it. For me, exactly the same, the paranormal, whatever you want to perceive it as. It's there around me, it's there around me, it's very natural, it's a very natural part of my life. I use it all the time. How did you, this is a little bit, so in other words, these things that are going on around from a very, very early age, as soon as you can back from when you can remember, I presume, how can you Must be something out there. So, wow. So, wow. You know, 
of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear these latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ronald. Colic. Our very special guest is Paul Cicel. Cicel, Cicel, Cicel. Yeah, that's right. There you go. We actually have a uh, question from the uh, TojiNet chat room, and that is that somebody said, My cousin went to see a psychic in the UK, and the cousin said that she needed cleansing and it would cost her a thousand pounds. And uh, if they would take care of that, everything would be fine. <gasps> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. What do you think of that, guys? Not a lot. Uh, just, <laughs> Go on, Paul. You, me first, okay. Um, I'm I'm laughing. Um, got a big smile on my face. Um, this I bet is, the guy had a big smile on his face that got the thousand pounds as well. Exactly. Yeah, uh, this is the one thing that puts us genuine psychics, mediums, clairvoyants into a bad. That gives us a bad reputation because mm. anyone who is genuine, um, especially a medium, you know, clairvoyant, if, if, you know, tarot card reader, you know, they will they will give you the reading. And you know, especially if you're looking for somebody such as myself who gives evidence to survival, I'm connecting with those people on the other side, giving you the evidence. Um, I'm giving you that form of guidance as well. Um, I would not be turning, and I, I know this happens because it happens here in the UK. Um, I've heard it done so many times where mediums have turned around and says, "You've yeah, you've got your house needs cleansing, or you needs cleansing." Now I've given you the reading, um, but it's now going to cost you a couple of hundred pounds or whatever um, for me to come back out and to, to finish it off. 
and and people you know believe in this they believe in 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 what these mediums are saying and and they'll pay the money and and it gives the rest of us a bad reputation very I mean, is there is there a way of regulating it? I mean, that's kind of what I'm interested. In. I mean, is I mean in in the America we have there's a lots of scams going around. I mean, not just I'm not talking spiritual meaning or anything. I'm just talking about everything, uh, you know, anything from winning lotteries to everything you have to give money or whatever. I mean, are there ways that if governments can regulate this stuff, or should they be regulated first of all, and then? Uh, what about the consumers? Is there something they can do to protect themselves? Well, yeah, there there are governing bodies um, that do regulate this, but I mean, unfortunately, um, the paranormal has fallen into the same trap as any other profession, whether it's doctors, mm. um, builders, plasterers, plumbers, electrician. We've all heard of horror stories where people have been ripped off. And unfortunately, the paranormal now has fallen into um, that category where, you know, there is always somebody that's ready to rip you off. Um, and it's really hard to really regulate it. It's hard to regulate something that, how can I put this in, in, in a nice way, that, that you can't prove. You, I mean, you know, like you said, a, a doctor can come along and cure you. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, a builder can come along and build you a a lovely house, uh, and it can be absolutely the best thing ever. But but if the the, the poor medium is is, is, is in this catch twenty two situation where where they can't prove what what they're saying, you know. Because at, at the end of the day, an awful lot of people, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, are coming to you. Almost as a bereavement counsellor, because they want to know that their son, their daughter, their father, their mother, Auntie Joan, or whoever it is, is is okay, is is still in existence somewhere, and everything's okay. And of course, you know that, that, that that's that's wonderful to hear. You know, by the way, I'm getting your dad here, and and, and you know, he he's thank he thanks you for the roses. Uh, and blah blah blah, and and he he he, he still loves you, and everything's great. Uh, but it's not enough proof, if you like, because you can say that to anybody. Um, it's a difficult, difficult situation that you're in, isn't it? I mean, this is yeah. I mean, this is what I always say, uh, Richard, um, to all of the people that come to see me. I'm not going to convince you of anything. I'm not here to prove to you. Mm. that this is happening the only way you're going to be convinced is by the evidence and the factual information that i bring yes. forward so i'm yes. not just saying i've got dad here and he says i'm hopefully bringing forward names associations dates as much information as i possibly can about yes. that person is in spirit and i'm leaving it to my client to decide do they but just by the evidence that I brought forward, do they yes. believe that that person has actually come forward to communicate? Yes. Then, of course, you can go on to say, uh, and he says, thanks for the roses or whatever, yeah, um, and, and, and he loves you still, and he's still with you, and he's waiting for you. Because that, that must mean so much to so many people that, that, 
you know, that, that's what I think is, is great about it. But you, unfortunately, unfortunately for you, you have to start by giving them proof. Yeah, it, you do. Well, I mean, let, let's look at it this way. Let's, let's look at a, a paranormal investigator, okay? Somebody who yeah. just does it. Now, th there are degrees in it. I mean, for instance, Karen O'Keefe actually has a doctor's in it. I mean, so is, is he the real paranormal investigator and the, the other ones are just, uh, how can we say, uh, amateurs? Or, or it's the same with psychics. Do, do, do you have a... Uh, is there a, a degree you can get in, in mediumship or, or, or a parapsychology, well, not parapsychology, mediumship or uh, psychic, uh, what's the word, psychology? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or does that make it someone better than someone else? Well, I think mm -hmm. really the tra somebody's individual training sets them aside from the next person. So possibly not so much... The qualification, although that is important, but for example, I always knew I wanted to work professionally as a medium, mm -hmm. so I went out and sought professional training. So I started off in a small sort of local little group, then I progressed to my local spiritualist church, then I went to a college in London that was set up just for the study of psychic and mediumship development. And I studied not so much learning how to, um, you know, work, you know, work my skills, but more how to work with the public in a professional way. Right. And mm. I think that sets people aside. It's it's the so, trade and the background. Yeah, I think that you're you're kind of separate, Paul, because you you are. I mean, you know, legitimate mediums is is a more of a talent something. Well, for instance, in, in America right now, we have this big. Uh, rise in a number of demonologists, and there, there is no really, uh, you know, so many people call themselves demonologists, and and you wonder, you know, what are the qualifications for it? Uh, a vivid know, imagination. It, yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> why? I mean, do you get a degree in demonology? I mean, I hope not. Yeah, who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, I would love to find out. we got, we got to get a demonologist on the show. And, I would and love to. Well, why don't we get Fred Bat on? Who? Fred Bat from Most Haunted. He's a demonologist? Yeah. I'll be damned. Absolutely right. He's been on a lot of the lives. Um, Fred, uh, I know very well, Fred, Fred was um, uh, owned um, a nightclub uh, in London called Caesars, um, Caesar's Palace, I believe, uh, which we featured on Most Haunted. Mm. Um, and Fred, apparently, is a demonologist. Mm. And, wow, why not? Because, you see, I, I just do... Paul, what, what's your thoughts on... Let, I won't say anything. What, what do you and believe? Demonology, what do you yeah. Think what's your thoughts on demons? demonology and the whole thing, Paul? What, on demonology or demons? What Demons. Demons. Uh, well, not only just de demons, but demonology as well. I mean, somebody who yeah, calls himself hang a on, demonologist. Hang on, demonology is, must be the study of demons. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I yeah, agree right. with that, right. It's, to, I'll be honest with you, it's not a subject that I'm too familiar with. It's not a subject that I get too into. Do, do demons exist? Is there something out there? I, I don't no, know. No, they I, don't. I, I, I'm kind of a skeptic on that myself. Thank you, sir. No such thing as demons. It's church-made. It's all in our minds. Oh, bite me, Richard. <laughs> demons are in your mind. Trust me.
The only yeah, demon yeah. juice here that was in the bottom of a bottle. Bottle, that's right, a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Spirits <laughs> behind the bar, sir. <laughs> but I, I, so I mean, that tends to be the. I mean, that tends to be is is that the whole attitude of all of the UK, or is it is it no. just the? Uh, again, I think it's just really down to the individual. I mean, just to give you an example, I mean, you know, they say, is there a heaven and hell? Well, I believe that they're more states of mind than anything. And if we believe that when we pass into the spiritual realm, we create our own reality. So what we've created here on the earth plane is what we take with us. So if we are in a kind of a hell state here on the earth plane for our own actions and the life that we've got caught up with, then we take that with us until we learn to move on from it. If we are somebody who lives a relatively normal life, um, you know, does their best to go about their daily lives, tries their best to be nice to people, then we take that with us as well. Um, so the majority of the people that communicate with me from the spiritual realm are people who are just ordinary people like us that have just had ordinary lives. There are a, a rare occasion where people have communicated from the spiritual realm who have perhaps led, let's say, more of a darker life through their actions. And yeah. maybe my client, you know, has known them very intimately. And I've sensed a very different, a difference, a difference in, mm. in the way they come forward. Okay. Um, well, normal people. Well, let me Which, ask you, uh, EVP's big over there. I mean, when you do your, your paranormal investigating. EVP's yeah. Richard or, or Paul. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah, it's a very big part of it. Because yeah. in, in, the, in America, they have the, uh, the classifications. And one of the things who, from someone who does a lot of EVPs will tell you that they get these lower beings, uh, which are very, uh, you know, they swear a lot. They, they uh, you know, they, they tell you they're going to kill you, get out. Uh, I mean, so there is this lower hierarchy, and 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 Paul, you, you seem to be kind of like poo-pooing that, like you're saying that that like really you're not running into that at all. Is that's what I'm trying? Okay, all right. I'm not saying that I'm poo-pooing it. I mean, I've got my own beliefs. I yep. like to keep things. I like to keep things simple, and I like don't like to overcomplicate them. I give you an ex a brief example. When I was about eight years old. Um, that was uh, between eight and ten was the height of the paranormal activity that was taking place. Mm. Most nights, the, we would have the lights flickering, the rooms would go cold, you'd see doors open. Mm -hmm. um, and the scary part for me was I was very much aware of three, and I presume they were men, but three men who were very strong in their in their nature, and. They would come forward most nights. I would feel the impressions on the bed. There was times when I'd feel my ankles grabbed hold of and I was slung out of the bed. Um, and it was quite frightening. It was very frightening. But then mm. on the other side, there was my great-grandmother and uncle who I'd never, ever, ever met who would also make their presence felt. And when they made their presence felt around me, these three quickly disappeared. Okay. So, yeah. But you see, I'm, they 
They would be, I would think, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Paul. I'm, you know, we're singing from the same hymn sheet. That, that in other words, that of course there's evil. Um, there are some very bad people around. Uh, but the vast majority of people, as you've just said, are quite nice. Uh, thank you very much. But there's always the <laughs> evil ones, and you do take it over with you. I'm, I'm sure of that. Yeah, um, I... and, uh, so in other words, those three guys that were around you for whatever reason were just three particularly nasty guys that we get on this. I mean, you know, I, I would imagine Hitler must be, you know, he was a pretty nasty guy, wasn't he? Um, so was Mengler and, and so many, you know, so many other people, um, Attila the Hun probably and, and Vlad the Impaler. You know, there's some nasty people around that do horrid things, but I don't think that they're demons. I think they're, they're just horrible people. Yeah, and like attracts like. And I always say Correct. this to my students, would you go down, would you go downtown and find your local street gang and go, hi, I'm here. You know, they're going to look at you and say, huh, white person? You know, what, you know they're coming from the suburbs? Who, who, who is this person? They're going to be suspicious of you. Yes. They, if they don't beat you up there and then or attack <laughs> you in some way, they're going to follow you and maybe then attack you later on. They're suspicious. Yep. The or at least take money off you or you know, do whatever. Yeah. 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 Because they're not very nice same. people. You go looking for it. Yes. And you've got its attention. So if you're going to look for the darker stuff, then you've got its attention and it's going to want to know why you're seeking it out. Yeah, I'm too right. And, and they will, they will the latch on to you. Yeah. Because they yeah. are, that, that's their nature. Um, but yep. it's just a human nature thing. It's not, I don't believe it to be a, a, a lower a being, a, a, a demonic thing with horns and, and cloven hooves and red skin. And you know, no, I, I just, I'm sorry, it's just my thoughts on well, it. Well, you I know, I mean, the, the, you're, just, you're just saying that because that's what <laughs> a demon means to you. But yeah. demons mean different things to different people. You don't have True. to have horns and a red thing to be a demon or, or something that's evil. You can look mm -hmm. like, a little girl, for God's sakes. It's, if if you're, uh, you know, you believe in great evil, evil little true. girls, right? Exactly. I mean, it, it's so to kind of. You mean you, you're poo pooing by saying, "Oh, I don't believe in these haunted devils with pointed tails and everything." No, but, I don't. <laughs> I, well, that's fine. It, but, no, but you're saying that, that they're not like that. But, but that's how they're depicted like, by the church. Right. Exactly. Mm. Mm. So anyway, I believe in evil. Okay. So, moving right along, we, we actually, uh, before you came on the air, Paul, we, we were talking with uh, Paul Sissel. Uh, did I say that? Well, whatever. And, and give out your website, by the way, Paul, before I forget. Uh, my website is www.mynamepaulsissel.co.uk. You want to spell that first? So? Um, yep, so it's uh, Paul, P-A-U-L-C-I-S-S-E-L-L.co.uk. That's because you guys can't spell .com, evidently, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, before you, before you came on, uh, Paul, we were talking, uh, Richard and I were talking a little bit about cemeteries and whether or not cemeteries are haunted. Uh, I'd, I'd love your take on I mean, because you, you are more aware of spirits than we are, I, I mm. would say, because, I mean, that's what you do for your living, is communicating with the dead. So... Are cemeteries haunted? Uh, do spirits hang around there? And why do they if they do? 
Well, um, I've got a cemetery that's right next door to me, and I walk the dog through there most days, and I've never have yet encountered anyone in there. Whoopee! Uh, my, t- <laughs> my take on it is: look, if look, you haven't if you haven't died in a cemetery, why would you want to go and hang out there? I mean, possibly if if you are perhaps trapped, earthbound in some way. It might be that your relatives, your friends are congregating around your graveside. You may be attracted to that area because you're wanting to communicate with them or out of curiosity, you're wanting to see perhaps where you've been buried. So you may pass through that area or you may know that they go there regularly. So you may perhaps be attracted to the cemetery only because you know you perhaps your relatives or your friends are going to be there at some point and you're trying to get their attention. But... I kind of with Richard on this. I don't believe that graveyards are as haunted as um, Hollywood makes out them to be. Mm. <clears throat> you know, in my new book that's coming out in September called "Ghost of Day," one of the the cases, or one of the stories in the book is is about a Polish uh, duchess in Italy, and. Uh, I know a duchess or whatever, I mean, Polish royalty anyways. And she picks up men, and then they go through a cemetery, and then she disappears at her grave. So is that like her home? So again, I mean, my take on it is like I said to you, it possibly could be that for some reason her spiritual self is attracted to be going to that area for a reason. We would go in on the earth plane. We would go to a cemetery for a reason. We would go there to pay remembrance to a loved one. Right. So we are attracted to a cemetery. So a spiritual being is going to be attracted to the cemetery in the same way. And there may be a hundred million reasons why they may be attracted there. I don't believe that just because we are buried there, we are going to want to be attracted. Uh, unless we've got a very, very good reason for it. That doesn't make sense. Oh, it yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. It does, it does make sense. Two against one. No, Two I'm, agreeing. Against I'm American. agreeing with you. I thought you said it doesn't make sense. I said it does make sense. Oh, sorry. It's we my New England accent. It's my New England accent. When you guys learn to speak English, then you realize that <laughs> We're very sorry. <laughs> Paul, Paul, I mean, what nationality are you, Paul? I, I'm British. British, okay, there you go. Because, you know, every time I talk to someone on the other side of the pond, they're, they're, they're either, I always, you know, think they're all English or British, and and uh, then I get their English, I mean, Scottish, Welsh, Irish, it's so confusing. Yeah, we're, there's, there's lots of us from all over and around, so, you know, the... Irish are all here in England, and the English are all over there in Ireland, and the Scottish are all over here in England, and we're all over there in Scotland, so, you know. The Welsh are all in Wales. Uh, exactly, yeah. The Welsh are all in Wales, they never leave. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, what's really interesting is uh, we, we had actually talked about uh, the different, um, I hate to say nationalities because you're all UK, but uh, for instance, uh, um, Let's say you were Scottish and 
you went to England or, or vice versa. How does that affect an English ghost furniture, a Scottish psychic or medium? How is that affected by an English spirit? Do they, you know, not like them or are they more active around them? Or that's, you know, how does it, that fit into the well, That's place? a fascinating question. It, it is, but again, um, you know, I've had people who are from all nationalities, Irish, um, Scottish, Welsh, coming for readings and their relatives have come forward. Or, you know, they may be English, but they may have had ancestors from either Ireland, you know, Wales, Scotland, that have come forward and communicated. What's more interesting for me, actually, is when somebody who is in the spiritual realm who never, ever spoke English mm -hmm. and they come forward to communicate with somebody who's come to see me. That's more interesting from my perspective for, as a medium. That's more challenging. Now, now when you say are you, are you saying someone who doesn't, uh, like for someone French, for instance? Yeah. And, and you would understand them in English or would you hear them in French? It's, it's a thought process. So there may be certain words I may hear in French and I might be able to reproduce them, but because the spiritual realm is a mental plane, it's, it's not done by conversation, it's not by word talking. It's all done by, think, by thoughts. Those thoughts are translated. So my mind, obviously, I'm speaking English. Those thoughts and impressions get translated into English. That's messy. So, I mean, this would kind of lend to us to that, uh, you know, thought, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Mind reading, for instance. Uh, mm -hmm. is, that, is that something that the human race is heading towards, do you believe? Uh, uh, are we in that way? I mean, because that's basically what you're doing is you're reading the thoughts of the uh, Frenchman. Is that right or am I wrong? Um no, I'm stating what's happening as a medium. I'm not reading the thoughts. If I'm reading the thoughts, um, you know, I'm taking them from my client who's sitting right there in front oh, of I me. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. That's right. What's what? This is how I work. Every medium, clairvoyant, that we're all different. Perhaps many people tell you different things, but I don't have the person in spirit standing next to me shouting in my ear, telling me these things. If they did, it'd be brilliant. My job would be so easy. I could bring forward the information with great clarity. Mm. It's not. They're projecting their thoughts, their impressions. So in the spiritual realm, how I understand it is that we don't talk in the same way we do. It's a mental process. We think it, and the other person can pick up the thought almost instantaneously. So it's telepathic communication. Yeah, so that's what they're doing yeah. with me. Telepathically, they're communicating. They're projecting their thoughts towards me, and my mind is picking those thoughts up. And I'm trying to translate them in a way that hopefully the person that's with me will understand. But sometimes it doesn't always work. In other words, that, that's really answered a lot of my questions yeah, um, over the years. Because in, in other words, it's a little bit like trying to get a, um, a radio message uh, through, and, and, but the signal's not very good. Yeah, absolutely. Or, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why mediumship is so fragmented. It's because yeah. the information you're receiving is never incorrect. It's once it filters into the human mind, it's how the human mind interprets the information. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously it gets in the way and, and can contaminate the information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but but a, a, a foreign language actually again is a thought process and it, yeah. and it comes through and hopefully is translated uh, through your through your mind your receiver your transmitter your everything that's up there in your head uh, yeah. is having to cope with all of that as well as normal normal day life yeah so, exactly Paul, Paul yeah. do you have do you have to be dead to be communicate with you well uh, I mean, we're opening up to a going down completely different roads here. Um, you know, I'm sure everybody on the planet at some point has experienced when they've thought about a friend or somebody close mm -hmm. to them and suddenly that person has called or they've appeared or something has happened, some coincidence that's happened to connect with that person. Mm -hmm. We've all had that telepathic um, process at some point. I don't think there's anybody on the planet who hasn't. What about someone in a coma? Would you be able to communicate with them? One, I've never tried. I don't know. I did find it interesting you should say that. Um, one of my ex-employees, he was in a coma for about a year and a half. And he knew that I could um, do all of this. Really? And there was some times when I would sit down and I was almost feel as if I could feel his presence. I couldn't talk to him, but I could just feel, I just sometimes I'd just go, God, it almost feels as if I could feel you there. And then it would just be instant, and then it would be gone. Well, Paul, I've, believe it or not, we've run out of town, and I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, and I'd like to know what's coming up with you. What, what, what do you have coming up? What's new? And Um... I'm, we've got um, some stuff coming up Halloween. We're uh, just putting some get-together, some events, uh, um, a demonstration of mediumship and um, a um, paranormal investigation, um, probably be with um, Kieran O'Keefe involved in that one. So that's oh, coming excellent. up Halloween. So, um, so and then I've, I'm sort of a bit quiet over the August time, but then September it kicks off with me. Um, because I'm teaching, so I've got my development groups that start up, um, various demonstrations that I'm doing around the country um, and locally to where I live. So it keeps me busy. All right. And if anybody wants to learn more about you, they can go to your website, which Just is... Just go to the website, yeah, which is www.paulcicel.co.uk. you got to spell it out because you got the double double on that. That's P-A-U-L-C-I-S-S-E-L-L dot C-O dot U-K. That's correct. Paul, thank you so much for being on our show, and I thank really appreciate you, it. We'd definitely like to have you back on again. You've got some, uh, you know, I have more questions and more things I want to delve into, and I'm sure Richard has too. Yes, indeed. It's been wonderful talking to you again, Paul. Yeah, and again, I get the impression that we're singing from the same hymn sheet. I think we are. Indeed we are, sir. Yeah, I think that's an old hymn sheet, if you ask me. <laughs> no, I've got a very old hymn sheet. <laughs> one day I'll get to meet you in person, Rob. We'll have a sit down and have a really good chat. There you go. Thank you very much. Have a Talk good day. Talk to you soon. Thanks for Take coming care. on. Bye-bye. Bye, Paul. Cheers. Well, you know, that was interesting. I, I, that I was fantastic. That, uh, it's really cool about the whole cultural difference between the UK and, the, in the, and America. I, 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 I find it fascinating. Is one right, one wrong, or, or is it just I, I don't, totally No, I don't think you know? so. No, I don't think one is right and one wrong. It's just that we have we have different ideas on the subject in the same way as it would be wonderful to perhaps get someone on from New Zealand, um, someone from Australia. Um, 
you know, to, to, to find out how what they think about it all. Time to wrap it up. So, good night. God bless, everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye.